Welcome back to Say What Needs Saying. Tonight, we are covering a topic that was suggested by a longtime listener. Uh, and I'm excited about this one because it kind of breaks from the political trend we've had going recently. A lot of our episodes have been very political in nature. And don't get me wrong, the, the point of this platform, the, these conversations is to discuss sensitive issues and political issues often are. Um, but there's other issues that are touchy and hard to discuss as well. Uh, and tonight's one of those. So tonight we're going to be talking about faith versus religion, what the distinction is, what what people feel about these two concepts and where they may overlap or what may be distinct about them. Some things we might get into are the concepts of organized versus unorganized religion, the interpretation of religious texts or practices, and whether those should be interpreted on an individual level or on a more group or institutional level. So this conversation can go in a number of different ways. I'm excited to see what everyone else thinks. Um, but since this conversation was prompted by a suggestion from a listener, I wanted to open with something that they sent me, uh, their idea of what, where this difference between religion and faith falls and what their, I suppose, definition for the two are. So I'd like to read through this message that I got from the listener first. And then I can turn it over to you all right after that and see what you think, either on this listener's definitions and distinction between religion and faith or your own. And we can see where the conversation goes. So this listener says that to them, religion is knowing the Our Father or the Hail Mary by heart, whereas faith is knowing that God hears your prayers. Religion may be the language that you use to express your faith. So they're not saying that religion is bad but there can be faith without religion and religion without faith is simply going through the motions. And so this is at least how, how this listener conceptualizes the distinction between the two. Um, but with that, I just want to turn it over to you all. Um, what do you think about these two ideas? You know, the, the concept of religion and the concept of faith, the intersection between the two and the, the distinctions, um, yeah, Daniel. What what did he say? What did he say there? He said religion is the language that you use, but that's that's not true because that language was also created by the people who want to have power and control over you. So that, that's why he says that because he doesn't understand that because all that everything was written down in these books and these scrolls and everything was also written by men who created the religion itself. So that's why he believes that it's the language that you use to to talk to God. You don't have to talk to God like that. You can talk to God just because you want to talk to God. You don't need a whole a bunch of other people telling you how to do it or what kind of language you have to use. You use the language that's within yourself already. It's called it's within your heart. Because faith is just another thing we call trust. But religion is brought to you. You don't have it in you already. It was created. KR has their hand up now. Uh go ahead and jump in. And then after I think Evan had his hand up. So if you'd like to jump in afterwards, uh, you're more than welcome. So I think I agree with what you're saying, Daniel. But I think that's the initial point of the first comment. Faith is being able to know that God is listening to you, knowing that your prayers are being heard. The religion aspect of it is the Hail Mary or the Our Father. So maybe that's something that you grew up with. And a lot of people find comfort in some of that. So that's why I don't think that's necessarily bad. But if you do not believe you have to go to confession, the Catholic Church will teach you that, well, yes, you do. In order to go and be forgiven, you need to go and talk to a priest. Faith 
will teach you that, no, I can talk to God. I can ask for forgiveness for what I've done and I can make amends and be a better person for it. So I don't think it's saying that that religion is necessarily a bad tool because it still gives a lot of people comfort, but your religion can be your voice of how you express your faith. And that doesn't always have to be a bad thing. The, the bad point about it, though, is that you're still asking for forgiveness when no one has to ask for forgiveness for anything. Religion taught you that you do. Well, no, R religion taught you that you have to go to a little booth and sit inside yeah, and yeah, tell the priest what you did wrong right. and that you have to leave and say 10 Hail Marys. If I know, if I know in my heart that I'm laying in bed and I'm thinking to myself, God, I really screwed up today and, you know, I'm, this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to be a better person. I'm going to work on this. Sure. It, it, it's not necessarily having to ask for forgiveness, but there are still a lot of people that they feel going into that little booth and talking to that priest that makes them feel good. So I, I don't think yeah. we need to downplay what religion can or may bring to some people. I think we just need to acknowledge that there is a big difference between faith and religion. Yeah, because what's good for you isn't always good for someone else. Some exactly. People feel that they feel yep. they need to have to, to, to say, I'm sorry, God, and can you please forgive me when you don't really have to do that in the first place because we are all God's children. Do you always have to uh, say sorry for everything? No, but you, you will say sorry if you feel you need to say sorry. But that, if that's going to make you feel better, then do by all means do that. But do you have to? No, because there's actually nothing in any book anywhere that's a rule that says you have to. Only it's brought to you by the people who want to tell you that because they want to have power and control over you, because that's how they have power and control over you, by bringing fear into your heart. So if, so if I could uh, be so bold as to interject here, as far as I'm aware, I'm the only atheist present on this call. Um, and my view between, of religion and faith is, I, I agree with Daniel uh, to a point. I genuinely do think that, yes, religion has been a tool and continues to be a tool to subjugate control and brainwash the masses. Organized religion, that is. A hundred percent. It's a, it, it, you know, the it, sociologists have determined that we as humans have about 150 people that we can, like, have as part of our community, and any more than that kind of gets a little, a little fucky-wucky. So, to me, faith brings in another aspect faith brings in is toxic to me not consistently but it can be based off of or let me be rephrase this faith itself is not toxic it is the people utilizing it that are it comes back down to people i have faith in science i have faith in my friends i have uh faith that in, in in mankind's infinite capacity for to do great good and terrible evil but you know i don't have faith in a uh magical being of any sort of any religion whether it be christian which is which i will usually be relatively vocal against because it is generally christianity that has the most control um over the population in this country 
and but I will but I went but I will still be vehemently um uh, I will vehemently call out the bad practices of any faith religion and and the culture that surrounds that and I think bringing in culture of 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 uh, around faith I gen I, I genuinely do think that you have a very hard and this and I'll close this out because I know I'm very wordy it is it is very there's a there's a big difference. I mean, you, you or let me rephrase this. You cannot talk about religion and faith without talking about the culture that comes with both. Correct. Which I'm which I'm more than happy to as from an outsider looking in and as someone who did grow up experiencing uh, what it's like to live in a fundament more in a more fundamentalist culture. Um, I'd be more than happy to elaborate. And I don't just have anecdotal, and I don't just have anecdotal experience. Like yeah, experience. I would agree with that, but I don't talk about religion when I talk about my faith because I know religion is bullcrap. So I don't have to talk about it if I don't want to. So I just exclude it altogether. It's just when someone else brings it up about me, then I just I do this. I talk about the same thing that you just said because you hit it right on the nail that it's all about control and power, but more or less a lot of, of, of greed as well. But I yeah. didn't. I. Man, I, I no, Sorry, my, sorry, Miss Angela. I was about to just say I did not. Uh, I, I, you know what? I, I don't. I'll say it later. You go. For, you, you had your hand up. My apologies. No worries. So for me, this conversation's important. Um, I'm 58 years old. I was raised Southern Baptist, converted to Catholicism in my adult life. Um, wasn't raised on the church house steps, but I've had family members and friends, and for me. I, I don't say I have faith. I have spirituality. I, I believe that there's something, a compass that drives us all. It's something that keeps us from doing wrong. It keeps us doing right. Where I've had trouble with religion and it kills me because I look at people who are very deeply steeped in their religion and they have this peace about them that I have longed my entire life to find. And I, I can't just surrender myself completely to someone's interpretation of what God's will is for us, what God wanted for us. Because there's so many people who have read the Bible or read the equivalent of whatever religion they follow. And it's that interpretation that is preached to the flock, if you will. And, and, and for me, I can't reconcile that because then I look around me and it's like, what good and kind and loving God would allow the things that happen in this world? things like babies dying with cancer or the hideous atrocities that man puts on man. That's the disconnect for me. And it's something that I wanted to hear other people's view on the difference between faith and religion, because I don't think you have to be on a church house step to be religious. I do think that those silent prayers on your knees when life has presented you something bigger than you can handle, which I've done many times, you know, I've hit my knees many times begging for forgiveness and begging for a positive, good outcome. And I would have sold my soul if I knew that that would happen. Why are you, why are you on your knees in the first place? You, didn't ha you shouldn't have to be on your knees to bow down to anyone. And that's what they teach you when they tell you to get down on your knees. You can when stand you up reach on a certain point of pain, when you reach a certain point of not understanding, it is your humanity, the thing that makes you human, that says it's now time for me to get to my knees because I don't have the strength to stand alone. 
I can explain the part about the, uh, the the children having cancer and all that stuff for you if you'd like to know. Please. The reason I can explain it for you is because I'm my name is Daniel Jackson, but I'm also a spirit medium. I, I see dead people, but they're not dead. They're just people who have moved on. The reason you're the reason why we have these cancers, the reason why we have all this stuff is because you're here to learn things, but it's not you, just the body that's learning it. It's your soul who is learning it. Your soul doesn't feel this pain. Your soul, your soul doesn't feel the actual cancer. What is it? What it's doing is experiencing the cancer that is in that body. But it chose this body to be into because it's it's a soul contract more or less because they're learning lessons and fulfilling a purpose here. But we have bodies that fail all the time. Some people get cancer. Some people don't. Some people catch a cold. Some people don't. Some people get the COVID. Some people don't. But how do you reconcile that? How do you reconcile? Because there's two rules in this world. As long as you understand these rules, as long as you comprehend these rules, you're going to appreciate your life and everyone else's life around you. Rule number one is people die every day. And rule number two is you can't change rule number one. When it's your time to go, it just is. It's just going to happen. You and I and everybody in this room has one thing in common. You're not going to die suddenly. You're not going to die tragically. You're not going to die too soon. You're not going to die uh, any other specific way. The one thing you are going to do is die. But you're also going to get cancer because why? Maybe you will, maybe you won't, because we have fallible bodies, because our bodies are not meant to live 150 years old, because you don't want to be here when you're 150, because at that, at that point, it's going to hurt to pee. But what you are doing is you are living the human experience, and the human experience is a lot of things. But people want to put a blame on everything because it's got to be someone else's fault. How would God let us get cancer? Well, your soul is not going to experience that cancer unless it has it. Let me interject. I, I, I am by no means looking to blame anyone, okay? I'm not looking to blame anyone. I'm looking to reconcile, though, how if we're... If we're... It, it's still the same thing. You're looking for a reason why. You're, you're trying to find out the reason why, whether you're blaming something or trying to find the reason why. The reason is, is because when it's just your time to go, it is. You're going to get sick, and maybe you're not going to get sick because our bodies are fallible. Nothing is meant to be perfect. If your life was meant to be easy, what would be the point of living? If you were given everything in your single life, then you wouldn't appreciate the things that you do. So have. then if I follow your logic, then, then because our bodies are fallible and 16-year-old kid walks up and pops a gun up to your head, and plugs a bullet in your brain and Who kills created you. the guns. Who created the guns? People did. Who created laws? People did. Who created rules? People did. Um, I do. So I am, as someone who has, at this point, left faith, hated faith, and come to the terms of what I of why I left. I want to I want to say I want to say for the record that at the end of the day what you what we need what we just to bring just because I feel like the conversation that like that conversation was a that like not not to say it wasn't interesting or important but I feel like in the grand scheme of things those types of conversations are unproductive because not because they not be, because I've had these conversations before repeatedly why is it unproductive to ask the question or, or the responses that were given? Yes, because. <laughs> yes. Which one, A or B? Both. Okay. You know, at the end of the day, mankind 
as I said in my opening statement, mankind is capable of unbelievable good and vile evil. Mm-hmm. And this and I and and broadly speaking, it does not matter that we live in a in a very cruel world. Sometimes you you call it cruel, but if a dog kills another dog, do you call that evil? Or do you call that survival? Depends on why the dog killed the dog. And it depend and 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 it also depends on what survival is. Right. If you, is, is, are you? Would you say that living? Would you say that living in a uh, mountain range, completely devoid of civilization, like after a car wreck? And, and trying to eke out a meager existence in the middle of nowhere is survival? Yes, you would. But would you also say that living paycheck to paycheck, not making enough money to move out of the area you're in, in the area you're in, does not have an, like enough opportunities to, for you to be able to make enough money to move somewhere else with more opportunity? And it... That, that that that's survival too. Well, it's survival on the on the that the only way that something's going to happen to you is if you're proactive enough to go out and do it. You could live in a different area if you have the ability to live in a different area, but if you don't, you got to suffer through what you're going through. But you can always have a choice to go out and get another job somewhere else. But not everybody wants to do that. They want to sit around with their thumb up their butt all day, hoping it's going to come to them. Right, sure. but I and, and and just because I know that this is kind of get, I, I I'm not gonna. I disagree, and I think that's categorically wrong. But that's not. But me debating the uh, merit, the the merit, uh, uh, the fallacies of of in, like the like the uh, uh, in, like the uh, pick yourself up by your bootstrap fallacy is not what we came on here to talk about. But what I will say is is that when it comes to faith, I genuinely, I generally think that having conversations of like, oh, well, what are you going to say when X happens or when this happens or why, why is there evil and all this? Humans are bad and humans are good. And as someone who has completely removed himself from the idea of a higher power, my acceptance is, is, is that, you know, a, you know, a ra- like a random person can give me food when I'm starving and without knowing me or, 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 and, and give me just the help I need. And, and all of, and all of, and all of the, and all of the brown shirts and Nazis went after the World War II was over, went back to being butchers and mailmen and milkmen and just normal people. There is, there, 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 there is a beauty and there is good can be uh, spontaneous and unique and evil can be boring and mundane. Sure, and it, it I, is all I, comes I, down I to that. humans and human how humans are in their in their nature. If you were if you were actually completely removed from faith, then you wouldn't be sitting here talking about a faith that you're trying to prove is wrong. I do I, I do I do want to remind you, Dan, that at the top of this I said I believe I also have faith. Yeah, I you do, do. I, I know you do. It, so that I I don't appreciate the uh, the um that uh, that bad faith comment. Yeah, no, I appreciate it's, it's not a bad training us comment, back in. Well, he so really quick, Daniel. He did he did point out before that he is still a person that has some level of faith, and so it's 
Yeah, just it, not in a specific god or a religion sure, or anything. Sure, sure. And I get but, that too. But but it but is the, still constitutes a misrepresentation of his If you're out of argument. that factor, if you're out of that talk, then you wouldn't be sitting here trying to convince us that it's not real either. But yeah. my question is, I never it said I was here to convince. I, I do want to say I was. I never said I, I'm, I'm sorry, Miss Angel. My apologies. I do want to just oh, re react to Dan's comment there. I not once said I came here to disprove. My concern when I came when I, the reason I signed on to this is because I was concerned it was going to become a, a Christocentric circle jerk, and I thought that it might be nice if there was someone with a different opinion. Who is low, who is loud, annoying, and obnoxious like myself uh, to do? Because because I was because I'll be I'll be completely honest. I was just worried y'all were going to go on and on about how the only way morals exist is if you have faith, and that is the one thing that just that just grinds my gears. Those those the, like like I those are the those are the those are the religious people that I uh, have. You a, you uh, choose to be the person you are. If you are an angry person, it's because you choose to be angry, or just like nice people choose to be nice people. If you're an alcoholic, it's because you chose to drink. If you're a drug addict, it's because you chose to take drugs. You are who you choose to be. That's all, and that's just a choice. So I'm no, I'm absolutely with you right there. It has nothing to do with faith and. Yeah, just because you're religious doesn't mean you can't be a mean person. That's just not the case. You know, people, we, we see that all the time, you know, but uh, yeah, no, it, it's not, has nothing to do, being mean and being a rotten person has nothing to do with religion. You know, that's just your, that's just your disposition and your disposition is who you choose to be. So I'm going to turn it over to the host of its views in the art. She's been waiting for quite a while to jump in. I've been just kind of taking it in. Um... I, I too am an atheist with a big A. I don't believe in souls or spirits or any amount of uh, the any amount of like um, religion, spirituality, none of that. I, I don't I don't give into any of that. And I think why I don't is uh, things I agreed with, um, things I agreed with in the beginning that I believe Evan said, you know, which is that it is about control. Um, and for me, the biggest issue and that what I'm actually hearing, which is insane, because um, I didn't think I would hear it so early. Um, when you look at what faith is, I put this in the chat earlier, in the Plain Speak Dictionary, the Oxford language, it's the complete trust or confidence in something or someone. Um, and it's a strong, and it's, it's definition number two is a strong belief in God or in the doctrine of religion based on spiritual, um, based on spirituality. Uh, and, and what I'm hearing even in this is, you know, how do people get cancer? Um, how, you know, can you, can you show me where your emotions come from? And the thing is, yes, we can, like with science, we understand uh, where emotions are formed in the brain, we understand how they're formed in the brain, we know why you have cancer, we know what we need to do to cure you of your cancer. If we can't cure the cancer, we understand why we can't cure the cancer. Um, so I think that religion, and especially faith, um, they have, they have their limitations. And my issue is that religion requires the use of faith for blind obedience. And through the blind obedience, it stifles the, the rights and the autonomy of individuals to question, to question God, to question their leaders, to ask why or how, and then to divert um, or even, or step outside of the, the norm that is supposed to go with your particular uh, religion because it or your particular faith or whatever you want to call it i i don't think these two things intersect i think they actually travel pretty parallel next to each other um and i and i think that that's my biggest issue 
that I see in particular um, with faith. Now, I, I do have special gripes with religion um, and the institutions that stand before it, the, the brick and mortar. Um, I do think it's greed-based. I do think that the church rakes in hundreds of billions of dollars a year, the largest property owners in the entire planet, especially- Don't pay a cent in taxes. Don't pay a cent in taxes. And I don't want to get too off the bucket, but that was going to be another one of my points was, um, I I don't know, there's just so much here. And the last thing I guess I want to address really quick is, um, Evans touched on it earlier. Somebody asked a question, do you think these things are useless? And not that this is a bad conversation, but in, in a way- Yes, because the conversation will ultimately fall to partisanship. Yes. <laughs> and, and, I, and I also and just to dip my toe really quick into the political sphere and just dip away really quick. There is it's not due to all the points that uh, IVFTA just said there. It is not a coincidence that a, that the Venn diagram of evangelicals in, in QAnon followers is pretty big in the center. Angela, if you want to jump in, you can go ahead. Get your hand up. So I, I think maybe the thing I said got taken way out of the way of what I meant. When I'm trying to figure out, when I mentioned cancer and babies and dying and all of that, I'm not looking for a explanation of why that happened. I'm trying to explain to you guys what I'm when I say I can't just blindly let go of who I am and stop reasoning and thinking for myself and follow the edict of church in its proper format if you do it the way you're supposed to if you go to church and you believe in god and you're very steeped in your religion and you know every chapter and verse that's not where i'm at but i guess what i'm saying is the disconnect for me is that i'm a logical person i did science for a career i take data and look at so I'm not looking for somebody to explain to me why babies die with cancer. I kind of broke the code on that a long time ago. What I'm saying is that I have difficulty achieving that level of release that I can say, I'm yours, do with me what you will, because I believe wholly and solely in you, because I do see the flaws in organized religion. You know, we've got people interpreting the Bible. We've got people interpreting what God meant. We have people lying about what's in the Bible. Well, right. I mean, Evan, I, I actually typed you. A, I typed you a message on the side there. Asked ah, you. my apologies. No worries. Did you happen to see the Bill Maher documentary on HBO regarding religion? You mean the one from twenty years ago? Oh no, this was just recent. They just did a documentary recently. He visited multiple different types of religions, and he he, he made he made another religion documentary after Religious. Yes. Really? It was, it was just on like a week. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'll be honest. I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of over Bill Maher at this point. But for us, we don't really care that much for him either. But we were both riveted because it was actually amazing to see the different people he talked to in, in seeing that, you know, a lot of people view the Bible as a storybook. Right. How, how can these magnanimous things happen? And yet. I don't know. It, it's, I guess what I'm trying to say is, how can you justify that there is a God? I mean, I'm kind of with you, Evan, in the sense that when you're gone, you're gone. The funeral's for the living. It's the people you're leaving behind. That's what the Lutheran church believes. You know, well, in, in working in the funeral industry for, for many years, that's what the funeral was for, is for the people you've left behind. 
it's for them to get to that place that they need to get to, to say goodbye for those that believe that there's a future, a rainbow bridge for people, if you will, then they're going to see that person. I they personally should have paid respect to those people before they died, not after they did die. That's the problem. Funerals are not for the dead. Funerals are for the living who feel who guilt and, and pain and anger and sorrow. Well, that's what I just that. said. The funeral is yeah. for the living. It's not for the person who died. The I only just person who's, a, who's a worried about your death is the people who are going to make money off of it. That's all. I, 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 that, that's a, that, I think that's a cynical look. I, I don't, I'm, I don't disagree that that's not true in some cases, but I lost my, I lost my, like my uncle, he was the, like, I've had multiple deaths in my family and he was the first person I actually really gave a shit about. And I was really sad when he, like, I was messed up for a long time as a result. It's like, and, and it's like nobody, and he, and he worked his entire life. They had money, and, but like, that was, you know, not like, I, I understand humans, especially in America, can be very. You cynical, missed the relationship but, with them, and that's and that's sure, that's pure. That's that's. And, and don't, yeah, and, and it's like, yeah, and, and when it. he's and when they're gone, you feel like even though I had a great relationship with him, it still didn't feel like I spent enough time with him. You know what I mean? Well, we never feel that way because right. we are taught that we we're, we are brought a feeling by everyone that we're going to work, 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 and live and live throughout their lives. But the truth of it is, is we're all meant to be here for five seconds, five minutes, five hours, five days, 50 years. But we're, we're all going to be here for as long as we're supposed to men, to be here. But they want you to think that no one's ever going to die. But people do die every single day. And, so, and since we know they die every day, why are we still shocked on the fact that it happens? Because we're I mean, I don't think any of us are shocked. I, I don't think any of us. Sorry, uh, sorry. I don't think any of us are shocked by it. Sure like, they do. They say. They say things like, oh, he died too soon, or he he died unexpectedly. Nobody said or, that in my uncle's funeral. He, he, he was a 300-pound construction worker who shot back beers and smoke for most of his life. It, I love the man to death. I'm wearing boots right now that he gave me before he died. Like, and, and, it, and it's like, but like, but honestly, I think, yes, I do think that there is a, there are cases where that's the case. But I think, broadly speaking, you know, and, and, and as someone who did articulate earlier that when I, I think when people die, they gone, gone, like they, they, it was hard. Like it's, 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 it's there's no, like he's up in like heaven or what, like, I don't think, I don't think that like, so it hits, it hits different. So I think, yes, that's cynic, that cynicism is true in a lot of cases. And if you browse Reddit a lot, like I'm, there's plenty of stories that'll tell you that make you think that way. But I genuinely think like, broadly speaking, I think it's okay you know that like it's, it's it's especially if someone's lived like it we don't need to we can be sad and we can we can just exist and and, and keep them in our memories so right we and, and we can be sad but then we have to actually just try to get over it and then move on because they're no longer supposed to be here and you are that's all but people harp on it too much oh i can't go on if they're not here well, you have to remember, you came into the world on your own. They didn't come with you. You just were born, and then they were born another time. That's all. So here, I, I, I need to say this, because, Daniel, you're pissing me off. Um, let me just say this. I understand we're not meant to be in this world forever. I get that. Totally get that. I embrace it. As somebody with manic depression issues, I've been willing to close the door more than once. But having said that, I will say one thing to you. When someone leaves your life the way my mom did, who had an issue, we I still to this day don't know what it was. 
who walked out and set herself on fire in the backyard and burned herself to death. You can't tell me that I don't have a right when I'm 27 years old and I get home and I see what's left of her as the police are taking her away, that I don't have the right to be fucked in the head for a little while. Yes, but you, but, and I didn't say you can't be fucked in the head for a little while, but you're only going to be fucked in the head for as long as you choose to be fucked in the head. Daniel, that's no, no, Daniel, Daniel, you're making an emotional and logical distinction. Those are two different conversations. She is, Angela, Angela is making an emotional statement. You are making a logical statement. Common sense would tell Angela, hey, you just got to get over it. There's still an emotional factor that's coming into play, Daniel. It's not a matter of you having to explain anything to anybody. It's the simple fact that you don't always have the grasp over your mind that you want to have. And especially when it's something as emotional as walking into the backyard and seeing the remains of your burned mother. Sweet Jesus, Daniel, there is no explanation to that. There's nothing needed to that. And she's not going to choose whether or not she wants to be effed in the head about it. That's something she's going to have to dig herself out and work her way out of. It's not an explanation. I want to turn it over to the, the host of its views from the arch. He's had his hand up for a little while and wasn't uh, interjecting in, in the midst of everything going on. Again, listening, this is, um, this is again, some of the limitations that I'm hearing. And I, I think it's actually very interesting because this breakdown and the limitations of understanding like um, psychology, sociology, the, you know, how things work. Like, again, we know that emotions are formed in the amygdala, the insula, the insular cortex. We know these things, right? This is science. We've mapped it. We've seen it. We've seen the brain light up. We know when people are depressed. We know, uh, we know what bipolar disorder in the brain looks like. We know schizophrenia in the brain. We know these things. Um, any other view, in my personal opinion, is antiquated and should and should be rooted out. And this is kind of the limitation, though, with and again, I do think religion has a place. I think that even your spirituality has a place because, again, if you're going to find your morals and values in these systems, then please do. But you have to understand that you also have to grow with the rest of us. So when science comes up against your faith and it says, well, we can repeat this process. We know this process. We can demonstrate to you this process. You then have to say, well, do I get left behind or do I evolve? So we know why things happen. Um, and I think, again, we just have to be honest that it's okay to question things. It's okay to say, maybe this book or maybe this individual such as God, or maybe the individual who's trying to explain to me what God is, these aren't all of the answers. Because again, when you think about it, the Bible itself written by a man, God himself uh, succumbs to very human emotions, jealousy, rage, uh, frustration, annoyance, and he does very human things. He drops meteors on cities, he floods planets, right? He does things out of spite of others when they're not bending to his will. So again, you have to ask yourself, um, where am I gaining my knowledge? Am I gaining it in a time era where people still believe the world is flat and a five mile radius was essentially the only world you knew? Or am I getting it from understanding that we know how our sun is made? And I think that's the important part of the conversation that usually gets left behind is that 
we're trying to evolve in the conversation. We're trying to move forward and understand this meeting ground and we're just not having it because we, we feel the need to either drag people so far into one direction or we feel the need to stand fast, Iron Man ourselves and not be pulled into another. That's all I really want to add. Thank you guys. So I want to jump on that because it's come up a couple times now and, and everyone is, is welcome to, to unmute and, and, and jump back in as well. Um, but I wanted to jump on this because this is something that a couple people have, have pointed out is that religion or, or the Bible or these other texts are, are man-made, right? People take issue with the idea of learning about the supernatural from the natural. They take issue about learning about God from man and the, the concept of it being a manipulative institution has come up a couple times and it being about corruption or greed or what have you. I want to pose not quite as devil's advocate, but just to, as a sort of as a question to you all and to flesh out this idea a little more. I think that so on the one hand, I'm curious whether any of the issues that have been brought up, any of the the problems with religion and as a man-made institution, as a powerful and sometimes corrupt or manipulative institution, whether any of that is specific to religion to any of you, or if you see it as more specific to powerful institutions, because you see a lot of what a lot of what you all are discussing comes up in other contexts. We had conversations about a lot of this a couple months or a year or so back about police brutality, right? And these, this idea of corruption in police forces and the, the issues that come with, with powerful institutions once they get detached enough from, from, from people and that some police stations have a larger issue, some police stations have no issue, and the same could kind of be said about churches and any other institution, right? So the first thing I'd like to post to all of you is whether any of this is religion specific, uh, any of these, these, these reasons for suspecting ulterior motives. Um, and the other thing that I'd like to pose, which is kind of a different uh, direction, but either one I think could flesh out a little bit of what we've talked about. If the motivation is not manipulation, if it's not control and power, I think that to jump on what Angela was saying about the Bible being seen as a storybook, I think the, the other intent of religion that people, the, the, I suppose, less cynical perspective would be that it is to teach or bestow values or morals, right? And so it is often done in a story book or in a story format, because that's, you know, a, a good proven way to convey morals and, and values, right? You see it from Aesop's fables all the way to, you know, religious texts. And that format is very effective in teaching a moral at the end of the story, so to speak. And so I, I'd like to see, so what do you all think about these, the, the intent behind religion? Do you think, is it really power, corruption and manipulation? And if so, is that religion specific or is it just that it has grown to be a powerful institution that has these issues? And then if not that, what do you think the intent is? Is it to communicate ethics and morals and values or, or is it something else? Uh, yeah, using the arch. So <laughs> I'm guessing people can probably guess where I'm going to go with this. Uh, I full and wholeheartedly believe that it is a structure of manipulation, oppression, slavery, and control. Um, since the dawn of the spreading of Christianity and the Bible, it has been nothing but murder and bloodshed by the Templars. It has been nothing but displacement of 
uh, of uh, what you would call, I guess, indigenous to other lands uh, to challenge their beliefs or to make them succumb to the God. Um, it has been used to enslave people. Um, and I don't think you can divorce yourself of this. I think that when you tell me that I am somebody who believes in God, I'm asking you which God and which book are you reading from? Because if you don't answer that question, you're just spiritual. Uh, you just believe in something in the ether that's going to save you one day once your soul leaves your body. That's all you're telling me. People who say they believe in God, I'm narrowing you down to what God? Judeo-Christian values? Zeus? Hades, what are we talking about? Because each one of these things comes with a set of beliefs that you have to wholeheartedly believe, or you are doing a disservice to be of a God. And as they would say in Islam, you are a slave of that God. This is your purpose. Your purpose is to spread the message. Your purpose is to do the will. Your purpose is to do the work. And that is your purpose. Your purpose is to smite thee who do not and will not repent. This is what it is. I think people want to divorce themselves of this reality because it's easier to live your life willy-nilly and against the codes and commandments or the rules and regulations of what you're reading, and you want to divorce yourself of that reality, but ultimately you can't. So either you're spiritual and you believe in something in the ether, you can't name it, you can't see it, you can't touch it, you know you want to, but you can't, or you're telling me I believe in God. Okay, which God? Okay, well, I believe in Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Excellent. And you believe in the Bible. Okay, excellent. Let's have that conversation. So I believe that it is a system of control. It is a system of slavery. It is a system of, um, of, of taking the intelligence and the questioning of society and stifling it. And that is where I fall with that answer. Do you see any of that as specific to religion? Or do you think that there are other systems that follow that framework that you described? Like, I mean, whether it's politics or whether it's, you know, other, any other major institution. I mean, it's hard because religion is so big, right? And so it's hard to compare it to other institutions because there aren't many that are as big as and, and all permeating as religion. But do you see that system as religion specific? Well, well, I, think, well I think that when I look at religion, I think that religion was the first politics and it was also the first business in a lot of ways. Um, the, the church had a lot of influence over regional politics, how things were ran, had a lot of influence over kings and queens and tax collection. I mean, you can date this back. We can, we can read this in, in books and scrolls and papers. And I believe even today you can see people's religion, the influence of their God directly oppressing other people. And I related this back again to Roe v. Wade. When you look at states like Utah, the Mormons, the Mormons predominantly run the, the Utah pop political system. They are oppressing people and they're hurting people because they want you to live in their antiquated view of how the world ought to be, not how they think it should be or how the public thinks it should be. So I think these systems are, again, these are not divorced. If you're telling me I'm of God and I'm in politics, then I think that these two systems are now married to each other. You have fused them because of your belief plus your career path. That's how they I want you to live your life the way they want you to live it and give them 10% at the same time. And and you're correct. How did they know about 10% back then? Because they were kings and queens. That's how. But just because you're just because you, you don't have to be religious to believe in God and Jesus. I'm not religious. When I believe in God and Jesus, I'm just spiritual. It's just it's just, it's just religion telling you that you can only believe in Jesus and God if you're religious. But that's a lie because that's the lie that they want to put out there so that you'll believe it. So we're going to turn it over to Angela because she's been sitting waiting uh, to jump in. I think her hand's been up the longest. So this is where I come back to the same thing again. You know, religion is supposed to be separated from politics, yet we as human beings 
are not always able to separate our personal belief from what is right and good for everybody. I think that's why we supposedly are going by numbers when we elect people, um, that we're hoping that the majority will speak. You know, I, I do look at things from a scientific outlook. I look at things based on realities, you know, what I see, what I know to understand, what I don't know, I try to educate myself about. I am constantly learning about things that I don't understand. And I do seek counsel from others so that I can learn and grow and try to embrace a better knowledge of what's going on in the world. But it's kind of like a bunch of individual clubs. And if you don't belong to my club, then you know you don't salute God in the way that I think you're supposed to then that's no good. And, and, and for me, that's where I'm not an atheist, although it kind of sounds like I'm hedging more toward Evan in the view from the arch than anywhere else at this point, because I question the validity of what's there. I mean, I believe there's something that grounds us. I believe there's something that keeps us good. I know the other guy is going to pipe up again about everybody's potential good and evil. I get that. But I'm gonna pipe up. it's a human compassion. What you're shaking your head? Go ahead. No, I'm li I'm listening to you. I'm 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 actually absolutely agreeing with you, Angela, because you're right. It's it's about a club, and uh, and it's which club is the right club. What if none of the clubs are the right club? Maybe it's all just a, a, a lie out there. It's I call it God Club. It's a bunch of people who have the same mindset and and want to have their own set of rules, but everybody has their own set of rules. There's so many different rules out there. You should absolutely, absolutely question that. I totally agree with you. I think for myself, the whole goal, the reason why I, I broke my neck to try to get in here on time tonight, because this, this conversation was important to me. I wanted to hear from other people who have experience and knowledge about religion versus faith. Um, for me, you know, I tried to live by the edict to do right by people and you believe what you need to believe to get through your life. And as long as you're not hurting me or my family, I'm going to respect that. Just like Roe v. Wade and all the other stuff out there. As long as you're not hurting somebody else, what you do in your life pretty much is your business. And that is the most American, that is the most American of ideals. I mean, is that wrong? Not at all. The problem is, is, is that, as you, as you, Angela, have probably experienced in your own life, given you are, you know, older than me and have lived more than me. Um, <laughs> Thank you. That's kind. <laughs> you, you don't look a day over 35. Don't even worry about Thank it. Thank you. You're very sweet. That's why the lights are dim. <laughs> but, but to be, to be, to be fair, the, the, it is the, 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 the people, this is why I bring it back to what I said at the top of uh, this uh, conversation. Um, it is a culture issue, not it, it is less about like I have no problem with the church up the road from where I live. They have a, a food pantry that's free to anybody to take anything they need in as much quantity as they need. They have a composter that is free for the public to use. They do they they have a little black box that they let little that they let people do shows in and stuff, and they rent and they let people rent, like use the space for free and stuff. Uh, it is a by all means a very very good congregation of Christians that 
I don't know their domination off the top of my head. That is following the tendons of, of being a pillar of the community and, and helping and being good. Um, I saw a video of a pastor saying that if he, that if you vote Democrat, uh, you're a demon. Now I'm not, listen, I know this isn't a political thing and I'm not, and I, and I don't know the politics of the people present, but I'm just saying one, like I question the tax status of one versus the other. And my, and I, and, and I think, and I would probably say the culture at the first church is probably a group of people that I would get along very well with. And, and the, because they are welcoming, they don't make, a, they don't, they don't exclude people for being other. They don't have their help or their assistance in the community contingent on you meeting certain, in their opinion, moral guidelines and aesthetics. And the other one would probably uh, take one look at me and like, oh, he's, he looks fine. And then I open my mouth and then they're like, oh, we're, I want to stone him, but it's not legal. <laughs> See, I guess uh, so it, it comes down to culture and my thing is is that when it comes to a christian cons- christian conservative culture is the reason is 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 the reason why why religion or 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 religious conservative culture let's be real because plenty of people in the muslim community in the de- in, in the in the hindi community that are leaving their 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 faiths too because of the oppressive uh uh demeaning and in in very cruel natured culture that surrounds it i would probably still if i went to a church like the one up the street i would probably be here defending my religion my faith see i guess that's the thing that i agree with that because i've had that experience where i've seen really great things come from churches of, of people that are just just genuinely good human beings that just want to do right by the community that they live in they want to take care of their elderly they want to take care of the children that is what i long for i don't long for the dogma of you've got to be in confession how many years or decades has it been since your last i i know i would twist okay <laughs> i get that for the sins i've committed in life i'm quite positive i would twist I, I'm a I'm a firm believer in the dyed hair test. If you look at if you look into a congregation on at Sunday Mass, and you see people with dyed, if you see grown a grown man or a grown woman or a couple or with if you see at least three or four people with dyed hair that aren't teenagers, and they're grown adults, odds are probably pretty cool. Got play, play, place to go to church at because you know you know i and or the gate or the gate like or like if you see a rainbow flag on any of the congregation members now i'm not this is not me commenting on the nature of these issues whether of, of sexuality gender but what i'm saying is 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 that judgmental spaces don't normally allow for people that either are this way or express themselves in certain ways, whether it be they're expressing themselves as part of the alphabet mafia or expressing themselves as like goth alternative or things of that nature. Generally, those types of people don't feel comfortable expressing themselves in certain ways within 
a con the confines of a congregation, especially don't on be around those people. Yeah, if, if you have a problem expressing yourself, then don't be around those people. And Angela, you didn't do any sins. You didn't do anything wrong. You just live in a world that has laws and and, and all that stuff. They, they're just telling you that you sin, but you don't. They're no, just, I'm pretty sure I rode is, the wagon for a long time. Yeah, sin, <laughs> sin is just their rules. And when you're when you're when you're sinning, you're just basically you're breaking their rules. But if you don't live under their law, then you're not sinning at all, are you? Wait, did I did I miss I might have missed something. So and this is just for Daniel. So Daniel, are you saying that it when somebody says you're sinning or you have sinned, you're saying those are man laws? Yes, they are. That's not God laws because God didn't create laws. God didn't create rules. Man created rules. Man created law. Kings and queens created those laws and rules. Not, not God. God doesn't command us. God doesn't judge us. We judge ourselves a thousand times a day. Why does he need to do it once more? Because he just doesn't. Because God didn't create the Bible either. Because the Bible is also created by men who wanted to have control and power over people. They want to tell you how to live your life that they, the way they want you to live it. They have to tell you 10 stories just to true, prove one point. Right. Because uh, it's not real. But, right. But that well, at that point is I, I, I feel like we're just, you know, nailing them just like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Evan, you, you just called yourself other. You know what I call you? Evan. But, but I think that but I think that's the concerning part. It's like that's not true. Right. Like the Ten Commandments is not true. The, no, the Se ten, seven the, out of the Ten Commandments are what you should do to not piss God off. Right. I, 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 I like I like George Carlin's kind of like summation of it is is like oh, absolutely of just right, down to don't be a them dick telling you that, that's <laughs> religion telling you this is what you shouldn't do to piss off God. But again, it's religion telling you. But okay, but Daniel. So if we're gonna if we're gonna have to flex the knowledge here, in Exodus and De in Exodus and Deuteronomy, who handed down the Ten Commandments to Moses? No one did because that's all that's, fake. It's no, it's all a story. No, no, the no. Bible is not real. Dan Daniel, slow down, slow down. That's not true. I'm not. I'm already slow. You're the one that's getting excited. I'm slow. I'm telling I'm not, you, I'm, it's I'm, not real. Okay. The Bible is a is a is a book of lies and deception to control you. That's all it is for. Right. But, 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 but it's like, but so, but Daniel, you have to like, I am a social dem. I am a social Democrat. I believe in fundamentally changing the economic systems we live in. I, 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 li I literally work at a job where I am building a product that is going to put more people in debt in, but I hate it. And it goes against everything in my beliefs. But then but we exist in a system that we live in and I have to pay bills. So, and I say that to say this, yes, every single thing that you have just said about the Bible is 110% right. And I a hundred percent agree. And three Senator, like, like, like three States are currently are currently looking at their anti-sodomy laws. I, I like, yes, you're right. But like we have, but, the Bible is important to talk about, and us as atheists generally do know, have some Bible knowledge, not because we believe in it, but because there are wackos in power that that think it is as important, if not more so, than the actual Constitution we and live under. And you hit it right on. You hit it right on the nail, Evan, because you said there's wackos in power. Right, but you, but just because posing, you don't imposing. like a system doesn't mean you can't participate in it. Voting right, may not always may not seem like it always works, but if you don't participate in it, changes never happen. You have to participate in systems that you abhor if that's the life you live. But we also know that 
that the the party system doesn't work because they talk about the left and the right, but the left and we're the getting left we're getting right, we're getting we're getting away we're getting away. But yeah, but, I'm just yeah. I'm just and making I, a point. That the left and the right are on the same bird. And I'm, don't I'm sorry, that. I'm sorry, views from the no, arch, you, my yeah, bad. No, you're good. But what I, 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 I cut you off. What up? No, what you, you were perfectly fine. Is like the, this is kind of the like divorcing of and, and again, I don't know who in here believes in the Bible and who doesn't. You don't have to answer me. What I'm saying is that people who say they believe in God, when people tell me I believe in God, I always ask them okay, what, what book, what, what book would you be reading out of? And usually people say the Bible or they give me something. They say, say something. Um, you don't have to say anything. And they're, well, they don't have to, but they do. And if they don't, they tell me they're you spiritual and they don't know what it is or where it comes from. They believe there's just something out there. And I take that as a different approach. But when people tell me, I believe in God and I believe, and I look at the Bible and I, and they start talking to me about uh, sins and, and the rules and commandments, you have to realize that if you look at Exodus and Deuteronomy, if you read the Bible, this isn't true. Yahweh, who is the who would be God to the Israelites, which is the person who handed Moses directly the Ten Commandments and said, This is what you will do to abide by my will. So these, so these sins are from God. These are well, God's no, words. God didn't write the Bible. Men wrote the Bible. You are you are proclaiming your uh, your opinion here on a book that you say is real and was written by God. But I'm telling you, the, the book is not real. It's just written by men who want to have power and control over people. That's all it is. But you are saying it in your opinion that, oh, but it says in the Bible. But I'm telling you, maybe it says that in the Bible to you because you believe in the Bible. I don't. And so do a lot of other people. But the big thing about who wrote the Bible is that the the words in the Bible, especially like at Genesis, you look at Exodus, you got Deuteronomy. These things started off, if I'm if I'm correct, if I believe I'm correct, they were handed down to Paul, the apostle, correct by God. God told him what to write. That's your belief that that God actually told people to write this Bible. Yeah, well, you want to have control and power over people, you're going to implement rules and laws and all that stuff. So they just wrote a whole big giant book of them. Well, so to play devil's advocate, you would also write a book of rules if you want a successful society and a healthy society, right? And so the alternative perception of religion is that it was not necessarily made to subjugate and to control, at least not in a malevolent or evil manner, but in a but it was written in a time where society needed some level of guidance, otherwise they would die. By today's standards, not eating pork or not eating any other example, whether you want to talk about shellfish, you want to talk about pork, you want to, they seem much more innocuous. But if you were to look at these in the uncivilized world, then if you were to eat spoiled meat, if you were to eat, you know, food that was infested, you could then get sick and infect your entire community and then everyone is dead. And so that, that rule could be put in place with good intentions. It could be put in place without the intention of complete control, slavery, and subjugation like has been posited. It could be that over several years or centuries or, or you know, however long it may have taken, that people observed that if you do these certain things, you survive. If you do these certain things, you do not survive. Or maybe you have a lower chance of surviving. And so we're going to then build a storybook or build a collection of stories around this to then teach further future generations what to do and what not to do to quote unquote live a live a good life right and so that that possibility even if we are even if the the 
position that it was all man-made, all created by man, and none of it was informed by a supernatural deity or, or God, it could very well still be that the intent behind setting those rules was not just purely power and subjugation. Which, which, which brings me back to my culture point. It is, it, is, it is less about the actual book and substance itself. It is about the people that, that use it for their own goods. Islam is a very good example of this. When you read the Quran, it is has a lot of parallels with the Bible in terms of its messaging, its its goals, its morals, all great. But a lot of the culture issues you see among, uh, like in, in, in especially in Middle Eastern countries, especially with their their gender roles, their uh, their, 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 their primarily their gender roles or gender their issues are like their social around social issues, especially. Um, that is that is actually a the product of something called Wabaism, which was a book that was very patriarchal and very you know treating others as other that ended up being the primary even the primary um, uh, ideology for most of the Muslim world. So just so people understand how why it's bullshit um, the the. The Bible functions as these are these are the agreed books. These are the agreed writers. That's it. And it, and it stays the same. Yes. And, and this is a good learning experience for your listeners, too, as well, because a lot of a lot of Americans actually don't know this about the, uh, the Islamic faith. Uh, the way that theirs works is you have the Quran, which is 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 ironclad. That is that is the book. But then you also have other books that were written by people who were connected to the prophet Muhammad. You you know you have people like fathers, daughters, sisters, brothers, sons, and though there though there are books like that, and that's how you get very different types of Islam. You have ones where it's all about prayer through song and all and things like prayer through work and like and just like all these different like things. Wahhabism is to to put it in a way people can understand. It was written by someone who is like the second like like second husband, third cousin, twice removed, like that type of thing. But those ideas lent very powerful men to have a lot of control over society. Hence, why Wabaism is what permeates through the Muslim world, whether you're Sunni or Shia. So I, I, I like what you said, Zach, about, you know, the Bible was written as sort of a guide, right? When everything was being established in religion, it's your guidebook for survival for your people and, 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 and sort of the guide of how you should live your life. My problem is, is there's no evolution in that. It's locked in irons, it's locked in time. And as our countries, as our, our humanity has evolved, there's no changing of the Bible. The Bible is what it is, whatever it was meant to be. It, it, it's not evolved at all. And it's sort of like the constitution. It's that things have changed. You know, our technology, our knowledge, our, history everything has changed from the time that this basic canon was put down for people to understand okay yeah you shouldn't eat pork you know you should you should probably do this or that i don't know i mean it's hard again to surrender to something that rationally i can't wrap my head around it that it's not ironclad life is not like that 
And, and that's where I'm, I'm still having trouble with this. I mean, if, it would be great if the Bible was just sort of the guidebook to life, right? It was a guy. It was a guidebook for a bunch of sheep herders living in the Fertile Crescent. Right. And we're not there anymore. So right. does that mean that I'm, I don't want to be religious? The founders mm-hmm. did say, I mean, to be clear, to, the founders did say that they wanted the Constitution to be rewritten every 15 years. As it probably should be, just like there should be term limits and other things that aren't happening. Yeah, but it's like, but it, but I agree with, I completely agree with your point. And I think, and 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 you, as someone who, generally, from what I've gathered, does not put a lot of stock in organized religion, you know God yourself. Who 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 who's to tell you that you can't worship Him in whatever ways that you feel right? And who cares? Like. Well, that's sort of the take I've had on life. I mean, you know, my grandfather was the mortician and the Baptist preacher in Kentucky, where the family grew up. And, mm. you know, he married him and buried him. And they couldn't pay. Basically, <laughs> you know, he took care of the funeral expenses for people. You know, make money on both ends. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the short and the long of it is that for me, I just can't surrender myself blindly. So you're right. I mean, I kind of, I kind of do my own thing as long as I'm not hurting anybody else. And those feelings are valid. It's hard. It's hard to trust a big organization that asks you to submit. Not all of them, but a lot of them, to submit to submit that much of yourself. That is a very, like that's you practicing self care and boundaries. And and for organizations that generally require you to not have boundaries with them, I think well, my I think folks taught me to think for myself. You need to think for yourself and you never want to surrender yourself totally to anyone else because they're not always going to have your best interest at heart. And I think that that's sort of the disconnect, right? I went to college all those years. I did science all those years. Everything I've steeped myself in has been a hardcore reality of results and numbers and and reality and, you know, giving yourself to somebody that trust, trust is a huge thing for me. I don't trust. You learned what was good for you and you learned what was not good for you because there's no there's no mistakes. There's no right and wrong. There's no epic failures. There's only two decisions you're going to make in your entire life, what works and what doesn't work. But you have to find out what doesn't work. I'll say, I'll say one more thing and then I'll shut up. We bought our house from an elderly couple. I kind of jokingly said they were like a grandpa and grandma to us. They embraced us right from the get. And they are two of the kindest people you'd ever want to meet. And it was kind of funny because I reconnected with Cliff just a few months ago about something. And I told him that we were retiring in April and he was so over the moon happy for us that we're going to be able to actually enjoy our house now and so forth. And I said something and he says, well, he said, that's good. I said, well, had I not made the decisions I did in life, I probably wouldn't have been able to buy the house. And I said, so that's, it was smart to pay myself first and then, you know, have something to live on. And he made me feel like a complete shit. And he didn't mean to, but he said, I always pay God first and then I'm taken care of. And I was completely silenced when he said that. And I felt like a complete shit because for me, my end run was tuck away the money while you can, while you're young enough to be able to do it. So you can hit your target goal of getting out of that job when you're ready. Did he pay God or did he pay religion? Because God doesn't need money, so only religion does. Well, so I will backtrack. He is very involved in our, we, I live in a very small podunk town. We call it Stock, 
stock tucky instead of stockbridge um it's a very small town but it's a farm town it's rural it's a tight community and people do things for each other out here he's very involved in the local church and they do great things for the community out here and so when he said he pays god first right the physical financial part of it goes to the church right but the works that that financial part kicks back to the community is God's God's work, if you will. It's it's, the it's effort. labor the putting effort. it in. Yes. The effort they put in. Absolutely. So, so we're circling a couple concepts that I think are important because they're really at the heart of what religion is or aims to do, at least from a, a non-control aspect. Uh, these concepts of objective truth and objective morality. So it, more recently, there's been more of a rise in relativism, right? The more people believing that anything could be morally good or bad, depending on the context, that there, there, is necess- there isn't necessarily an objective truth. Everyone has, quote unquote, their own truth and, and their or own experiences perception. and things like that. Yes, yeah, so, or their perception of the truth or, or what have you. A traditional religion, organized religion, has a different take, right? That, that there is an objective, 100% infallible and true reality, truth, and morality. Whether or not any particular religion is 100% right, I don't know if, I think even within, and I can't speak for really any religions outside of what I grew up as and kind of what I've experienced in, in, you know, in passing, but I think that you do see a lot of deliberation and a lot of, you know, uh, trying to, to better interpret or understand religious teachings and things like that. I think you'd be hard pressed to find a religious person that proclaims that they, maybe you wouldn't be hard pressed. You'd be hard pressed to find a number of religious people that claim that they are 100% certain. They all seem to claim that their religion is right and every other religion is wrong. Sure. But if religion is correct, then how come there are so many? Right. But then there's the, uh, even on top of my religion is right and your religion is wrong, there is the, my interpretation of my religion is correct. And I think that that's where you see a lot more people fall off, that maybe they do believe that their religion, their texts are infallible and true, but they recognize that they themselves are still a human and that their perception of it may still be flawed. You know, and again, I'm speaking for a number of people that aren't myself, but I wanted to turn this conversation to these concepts because I think that's what is at question here is whether there is an objective truth and reality and, and morality, because then, you know, Evan brought up a couple different examples and the, there have been other examples brought up throughout the conversation. We've heard social issues, right. And sexual orientation and gender identity. We've talked about abortion. We've talked about, you know, everything from eating different, different foods to, to dressing certain ways or having tattoos and dyed hair and, you know, all of these different examples. I think the question that I want to pose to you all is, do you think regardless of any one particular religion's stance on any of these issues or any other issues for that matter, do you think there is a right answer? Is there a right answer that someone, even if none of the religions so far have gotten it, do you think that there is a right answer? And if so, does that change this conversation? Because then if one of these religions is right, let's take, you know, the the social issues, for example, then if they are right, then should that behavior, and I'm not talking about hate because there's a difference between hate and, and shaming, but then if you believe something to be objectively immoral and you see someone that you love 
doing that thing and you believe that it's going to make their life worse or make them suffer or what, what have you, are you then under any obligation, moral, spiritual, what have you, to say something or to shame them or to do something, right? Even from a place of love. Right. But if, you, but, but if you're trying to prevent them from suffering, what, in what world is trying to pre- prevent suffering with causing suffering a effective solution? Well, negative reinforcement. And, 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 and negative reinforcement is effective in the short term, but it, it, the, that negative reinforcement it, it, for when you, is part of the, is probably, it's the main reason why a lot of people my age, 24 and younger, view religion as antiquated the sole use of negative reinforcement maybe i think that when paired with positive reinforcement you see this in science too right if you're trying to condition animals and you use solely negative reinforcement you're not going to get as reliable as of training as if you use some combination schedule it it varies by animal by behavior and whatnot but right but i I would also ask what gives you the right to to make to cause someone else's suffering just because you think that they will suffer because it's it's like that it's like that uh, statistic that conservatives like throw around uh like what was it 19 like 19 20 percent of trans people end up committing suicide without ever realizing that it is their actions and the actions of society of society des- designed by them to make them feel other and, and excluded that causes them that like like if you if you if you if you if you take the variable of suicide risk of suicide in the gay in the in the L, in the alphabet mafia instead of lgbtq community say alphabet mafia because that's what they use on on the internet and it comes off the ter- it comes off a lot easier if you if you if you if you take what what that that like that number and then you put the ones that have supportive parents and the ones that don't have supportive parents the num- the, the like the number of people who have supportive parents who commit suicide plummets to very small to like 1 2 3% it's it's so i don't think that y- like and and this is a and i and i I think it's very anti. It's it's very anti-American. I think you can't put all the blame on society itself, Evan, because those people allowed those people to get to them. You could call me an, a name all you want all day long, but since you don't hold any merit with me, and I never really right. But if you, you live with but if you live with these people, and these so people what? are responsible for your well-being as, as you don't a teenager, have to listen to them. You don't. You choose. Are you going to? Are you going to? Are you going to tell me that it, that a teenage a, a, a teenage girl who just came out to her parents as as a lesbian in a Christian conservative household and they are and they are shaming her? They're taking her to church. They're sending her to conversion therapy. By the you like you, I think you are completely disregarding the fact that I'm talking like most. There's a reason why most gay people don't like that are in situations like that. Well, that's the way that you look at it, but it's not the way that I look at it. Not everybody looks at it the same way. Well, how? Well, how? Well, I am looking at it from a case of statistics and facts. Well, statistics aren't everything. Yeah, but yeah, but they're worth more than feelings and anecdotal evidence. 
if you want to listen to, if someone wants to call me an asshole all day long, they can all they want, but that doesn't mean I have to take it to heart. I can choose to say, you can say whatever you want to. I'm going to go on about my day. Is, is being an asshole a critical part of your existence that has been uh, demonized by an organized faith for well over millennia? Is you being an asshole an integ a, a integral and unchanging part of your existence that has been shamed, ostracized, and in a lot, in many cases, like just in this country alone, murdered for being an asshole? So to play devil's advocate, Evan, though, I think that there is a large sect of people who would describe sexual orientation as something much more complicated than just an unchanging biological reality. There is a gene that they discovered like eight years ago, the gay, the, literally the gay gene. If it's turned on, you're gay. I don't believe that's true. No, that's not necessarily. If you want to be gay, it's because you, you want to... Because this is the feelings you have. This is that it, uh, you, uh, it, it uh, it's been it, this, this this that finding has been running around in liberal circles for years. Evan, there there was no, that's not true. There was an article that came out in 2020 that even Nature was posting that said that there was a massive genetic study that did reveal some genes that were correlated with sexual behavior and that had some linkages. It was a small percentage though, and it was a lot of crossover with other risk-seeking behaviors though. What Evan was positing before was that being an asshole is a choice per se, and that being gay is not a choice. And the alternative may very well be true that homosexual behavior, that sexual orientation, that gender identity, that any of these issues, that we don't necessarily know how much of it is biological and societal but that we do know that both play a role and that biology is not as simple as there is a gay gene or not. So I think the, the counter would be that if it is a behavior, which at least some of it is societally. True. If it was a behavior, I, I would posit though, why doesn't conversion therapy work? Because it, it, it doesn't. It, and it, 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 and most, most, people who are gay that go to it will lie and, and act their way out of it. And I was under the assumption that, and I don't want to get off and get into the weeds about uh, sexual, sexual orientation, unless uh, say what needs saying really feels like it, but I was underneath the assumption that they've narrowed this down um, to in particular the X chromosome and that they conducted studies where they, re where they, um, they, they were able to examine 140,000 regions of the, of the DNA uh, sequence um, on the X chromosome, and they narrow down to five, and and a, and a, you have to have a combination of these like specific five regions of the DNA sequence in the X chromosome to essentially yes activate um, the, some type. It's some type. It's something in the nucleotide that activates, and will you can't deactivate it or even activate it. You can't like do like, this. Has nothing to do with like science. Like scientists can't deactivate or activate this and uh, basically it makes you homosexual it's going to make you homosexual yeah, they who, also who is activating it what, or what what act what actually act what activates it well 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 they well they they'd also stated that this also occurs in what they call environment uh <clears throat> and in an in, in environment this happens in utero so they've also stated that insert that um in certain regions um the mother who is in control of this 
uh, controls the amount of testosterone that, that gets received to the child in utero. So this will manipulate the brain into what they call feminization or masculinization of the brain. So even feminine and masculines on a sliding scale, not exactly designated to your birth sex. Um, and through these several factors, they have been able to articulate that this will create homosexuality. Uh, it could create gender dysphoria. It could create, so when people say, uh, I, I am born with certain parts, I don't feel like these parts are exactly matching what my brain is telling me. This is why these things occur. Um, so this is explained, at least I think through science and even the critics have understood um, that this is to be true. Um, and they have, I will say this, they have said that people can take sexual actions with people of the same sex, but if these if people aren't homosexual, they're not going to continue this. And if they do, we, we have terms for this in psychology that we can root back to trauma. But people who will engage in natural homosexual relationships that aren't um, exposing type of trauma, that's because they're born this way. And we know this, again, conversion therapy, um, sexuality retreats. We, we've been down this road. We've tried to beat it, pray it, um, mace it, uh, whatever you want to do it away, and it does not work. You say it's explained. But just because you've read something in a book or it's science, Evan, does that explain it to you? Because it sure doesn't explain it to me. Because I have a science background, so I was able to understand, like what you said, perfectly fine. Well, and so I want to turn it over to Angela in a second because she's been waiting for just a minute. But I do want to point out before jumping, I do think that the so I've read the it's been a long time now. So take this with a grain of salt. I've read the studies that have been posted in in the in the comments. And I think the one that, that uh, the host of its views from the arch was talking about, I think that in saying that, that it's settled or that something causes these behaviors or these, these identities, these, I think that it's an oversimplification of the results. I do think that the, the findings are more complicated than that. And that even the, you know, again, the, these, even the conversations happening on with, in regards to nature, like there is skepticism going on from other people in the scientific community as to how much we can really glean from these results. True, and the and last thing I'll say on that is even so, that whether, whether or not homosexuality is a choice or not, who are you to, set, to, 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 sh to shame and make someone suffer because you think what they're doing is wrong? But that was the whole point of this question, I think, at the very beginning, is that if there is a objective morality. Assume, this is all hypothetical, but assuming there is a, an objective morality and homosexual behavior, since that's the example we're talking about, but you could sub in any other example that, that we've mentioned, if that is objectively morally wrong and it will objectively send you to hell or to, to whatever your, your parallel destination for bad people is, I think at that point, the question that needs to be asked isn't as simple as what right do you have to cause suffering to other people? I think that it's more a question of does it does it does it infringe on your on the other person's life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness? No, I think it's I think the question is what what are you willing what is right to do for someone that you love if there is an objective truth and there is an objective morality. I'm not saying that whether it's for sexual behaviors or other behaviors that we've talked about. I'm not trying to make a claim that one way is right or the other. 
I, 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 I know, I know, man. The only reason I have been so ardent on this is because while you, the neutral point of, of say there's an objective morality, it doesn't have to be this or that. Or that. The thing is, is, is that people who make that argument are usually do, and I'm not saying this is what you're doing, to be clear, but are usually doing it in bad faith to get someone who is for things that are morally good, like supporting rights, abortion and things of that nature. And, and getting them in a got you, which is, it's, 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 it's an argument that Pete, that I've, I've had religious people use against me that is generally kind of like they, they, they try, they, under the veneer of neutrality, they uh, would, they, they use it as kind of like a gotcha. So right. So the the more I guess the more innocuous example, maybe not in, innocuous, but less emotionally tinged or or gotcha esque example would be that you know that your brother or sister or mother is going to, with no good intentions whatsoever, steal from your neighbor just for the hell of it. Something that you you as an individual in this hypothetical know is objectively morally wrong that you believe goes against what you think you what you think objective morality is and the answer to the question is yes Zach I would I would I would try to stop them in in a, th- a thousand percent sure and I'm not picking on you either <laughs> I, I I know I know and I just want to be clear that within the like I've done a lot of debates on on religion before and again like my issue with it is not necessarily the question itself it is not necessarily like the answer to the question. It is the question itself. And that I just would recommend that going forward, you try not to use corner questions like that or, or, or use them in a way that like sort of it's not it's not it's a bad faith argument. My apologies. Well, I think people with a bad faith, I think people with bad faith can ask questions that people with good faith intentions can also ask. And I think it's still worth asking the question. Anyway, we've been going on a tangent. Angela, you and so patiently waiting. No worries. So Zach, I think we've, <laughs> my memory is sketchy as you well know. So originally your question was, if we decide that there's a religion, who gets to decide, right? I mean, because right now just in discourse, it, it gets heated and then whoever's the loudest person kind of takes the floor and then everybody else kind of just sits for a little bit. Who's to decide what's the right religion, you know? I mean, just because it might be right for 16 people, I'm number 17 and it's not working for me. But to address something else that you said is that, you know, do you intervene when someone you love is likely to do something that's going to cause them harm, whether it's legally, morally, ethically, whatever? you know, touched on the hottest button issue, which is sexual orientation. I mean, I've always felt strongly that if you're the parent of a child who has come out, you have every, every responsibility to support that person, regardless of what your personal feelings are, because the society that we live in is not embracing. They will strip that child of everything that is good and right. So it is your responsibility as an adult, as a parent, as a loving parent to that child to do everything you can for your child to have a good, safe, wonderful life. That's what we're supposed to do as parents. Zach, you know me better than anybody. I can be the biggest butthole in the world. And it's been sort of shelved as it comes from a good place. 
I have a tendency to be direct. Um, it's something I've had to fight my entire working life, my adult life. I don't have time for bullshit and I hate people who enjoy playing games. I would prefer to state it once, get to the point and get on with it. If you don't have anything for me, cool, say it and let's get on with it and let's go our separate ways. I will respect you more than to try to diddle me when my back is turned. So for me, I have a kind of a, a more open look at things, right? I don't give a fuck what you do with your life. Just don't fuck up mine or anybody I love around me. If you wanna do what you wanna do in your home, cool. Don't steal from me, don't lie to me, don't hurt my family, don't hurt my property, and you can do what you want to do. You know, my husband was in law enforcement. He's a retired police officer, 35 years, and he has had every nasty, hateful thing said to him, threats made on lives, threats made on families' lives, because people can't hold their shit together and admit that they've done something wrong, right? Society's laws say you've done something wrong, but it's always that other person. So coming back to the whole religious thing, it's hard to, again, surrender to who gets to decide, right? Who gets to decide what one blanket covers our nation because we're so many different people. We can come together and then we blow apart over the least little thing. When it's something this important, how can we possibly find one comfortable umbrella in which we can all reside. That's sort of what I was after, Zach. Sorry for the rambling. No, no, you're good. And it's a good point, especially in a country as heterogeneous as the United States, right? It's one thing if you have a very homogenous population that all believes in the, the same God and the same religion and the same, right? Because at that point, for lack of a better phrase, enforcing your religious will or doctrine on this person is maybe perceived as less invasive because, well, you are all of the same religion, you are all of the same community and culture, and that's what you believe is right to be done, whereas it does. It gets more complicated in, in mixed and, and very heterogeneous uh, populations like ours, where the, the act of, so to, I'm, I'm jumping around a little bit, but the you know, so the the counter argument or the devil's advocate argument to what you were saying in a more homogenous population may be that, well, the moral decay of a society being defined by whichever religion we're talking about in that society will inevitably be harmful to all of the individuals in that society. And so then the argument would be that, well, do whatever you want to do as long as it's not hurting me but what time scale are we talking about? How long does it have to be before it potentially harms me or my family before it's justified to, to intervene, right? Well, so that's where, Zach, that's, I guess that's the thing where I, I'm, sorry to interrupt, intellectually having trouble connecting, right? Because if this is sort of the generalized guidebook for which we should live life, it's really not, you're, you're encroaching on laws again, right? I mean, if we're saying that, I guess there has to be a level of common sense and in, in, in rational thinking. I mean, I'm not, you can't just go in and, and find one blanket solution for everybody. And then it starts to become a law. It's less about religion and, and, and 
living a, a healthy, moral, godlike life for a lack of better way of putting it. And I'm sorry, I can't find the right words, but I, I think it's a fundamental thing, right? It's, it's just be good people, be good human beings, quit being shits to each other about the littlest thing in the world, agree to disagree, shake hands and walk away. You know, it's just, it seems like something is so basic and common sense. What right do I have to criticize somebody else about how they feel or what they believe in? You know, that's for them to decide. And I guess that's what I'm saying when, as long as it's not hurting me or my family, yes, if someone comes to my front door in the middle of the night, they will be greeted with a shotgun blast in the middle of the chest. That's just how it works. I mean, you know. Well, now, in, 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 I think in, in everything you just said, I completely agree with. I, I, the only thing I would, well, my only snafu, frankly, is I, I know a lot of people that think you, the way you do. A lot of people that are Christian or not Christian that think the way you do. Except, except, and I'm not, and I'm not saying this is you, but I will say that those people also don't necessarily vote how they preach either for people for people that are um try to take away rights that well and see that's sort of the problem i have right and and, and i'm going to be just beaten in the village square for what i'm about to say because I, it's almost embarrassing i refused to vote the last election and i have kicked myself i will not vote for somebody because i can't stand somebody else and at this point in my life you know I feel like I'm now paying the price along with just about every other American who has any sort of investments or anything for a job or a life or anything else, you know, eight years, eight I to don't, 10 years. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. Is, it takes mean, eight to 10 years for an economy I'm, to see the repercussions of previous I economic legislation. And see, this is the thing that I'm having problems with. I mean, I'm at the point in my life now I'm retired. This is supposed to be the happiest time of my freaking life. And right now I am sweating bullets trying to figure out, are we going to lose our house? Are we going to have enough money? God damn it. I've worked my entire life and I've not hurt anybody in the process of doing that. I just want to be left alone. That's where I'm at in life. And it sickens me to see you turn on the news every day. If you watch the local news here in Michigan, man, it's how many people got shot in Detroit. How many kids have killed other kids? It's, you know, it's just our country has gone to shit I, I i will say we are i don't mean to be a, a a bit of a downer i do feel like we are getting a little bit off topic no, sorry no, no no it's no it's not don't even apologize on i was i was i was participant i was quoting numbers to say hey like time timeline wise this kind of like six to eight years six to eight six to ten years kind of like the I was talking about like it's a whole time I'm just like the it, I, I mean, it was just me doing a slight dig saying this is the result of Republican and conservative economic policy but that's not a camera there I'm sorry uh no but I mean it's truthful okay. I mean it's truthful the price that's going to be paid to undo the damage that's been done I don't know two more years what's gonna, what the hell's going to be left to work with you know 
I mean, that's the thing that scares me more than we're, anything. Well, we're not going to see any changes to, to, to bring it completely out of topic for a bit. We're not going to see that, that any economic changes that the Biden administration has put forward. We're not going to see for at least another six years. Well, I don't know. Back to the Bible. Back, back, to, back to God. Back to God. Something I can identify with. I don't know. The only issue I had with the conversation, what was Arch, Arch, uh, Arch was saying was, because it, it sounds to me like he believes everything he le he reads in a science not a science journal or in the Bible, that's the truth, and that's just it. That's not. I I tend to believe that. I believe the science journals because they're peer reviewed and people actually have to justify. And the most important and and, and, the, and the most important is is that I like and I and I don't want to speak for Ark, but I, I'm sure he feels relatively similar when. I read something in a new in a science journal, and then five years later, the new consensus is something different. Mm -hmm. I change my opinion, and that is the difference. I don't view science as gospel because if science was gospel, science would never change. And science is predicated on constant innovation and change. Uh, and, and there's very few things in science that are so settled that it's not even worth that like 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 science studies trying to disprove it are literally done by moneyed interests and think tanks before we get too far off i just want to give uh views from the arch a chance to respond go ahead no it's good i'm gonna just kind of keep it on top i think and this is kind of what i was saying earlier um we we have to get out of this we we can't not believe anything right um, and so if you want to believe in God, that's fine. If you want to believe in whatever spirit or soul or whatever it is that gets you through the day, that is fine. Um, but you do have to realize that we understand certain things about our world and these things are objective and they're going to be constant. For example, if I throw my computer up into the sky, it will fall back to the ground. This is gravity. Um, we understand when gravity works. We understand when it doesn't work. We know that if I crash my car into a brick wall, the car has stopped. My body will continue at 60 miles an hour until it is stopped. This is a constant. These things are true. So when you tell me, well, since you've read it in a book, you just believe it. Well, this is true. But also these things have been repeated time and time and time and time. And when they cease to be true, because science has changed, psychology has changed, um, we we reevaluate. I'm, I'm of the understanding that at any time, the current scientific belief or method for something that we're looking at could be wrong. They could say, hey, we were wrong. Uh, we apologize. This happened a lot actually during, and I please, dear God, I don't want to get off onto this topic. It's just the best example I can think of. This happened a lot during COVID. The science was wrong. They corrected. They readjust. They said, this is what we recommend. Here's the new, here's what we have researched. Here's what we have found. It's just how science works. And that, but, but religion to me and faith, um, these things don't work this way. I wouldn't say faith. Let, let me dial back. No, no, faith, faith is significantly more yeah, valuable. Yeah I, yeah, I would agree with you. So I want to, I want to jump on something that you're mentioning, views from the arch, because I think that while I agree to an extent, um, so there's a couple of people that are new. There may be some people listening. For those people that don't know, I'm, an, uh, I'm a neuroscience PhD student right now. That's not meant to be an appeal to, uh, you know, know that. authority or anything like that, but just 
that like, yeah. Um, but just so that you can kind of get a sense of where my perspective's coming from. I think that while a lot of what you said is true and that there are differences between scientific journals and the changing of the, the content of those journals based on new evidence and things like that, I think that even, even the framework that you put it in, I think is a little too forgiving. I think that even the way that you described it, there are a lot more political motivations and corruption in science. There are a lot of other interests in science that go on. And with COVID, I think we saw a lot of that as well. I think that we saw a lot of not just, well, they were wrong. We saw new evidence and then things evolved as we went. I think that some of what went on was, well, we exposed some potential corruption or some potential bad methodology or some bad extrapolating from one study that has a that is a bad model to approve a, a broad masking policy or, you know, whatever else, just the bad science going on as well. And I think that it's it's important to see the distinction between religion and science, because you said early in the in the show that they serve kind of different roles and that they that they can I, I don't want to miss misquote you, but something to the effect of the, them serving different roles and and having different domains. And I think that's true. But just like we were talking about there being potential manipulation and corruption and and control in religion or politics, I think that it's unwise to assume that that isn't there in science as well. I think that it's it's not necessarily the norm, just like I don't think it's the norm in religion or the norm in uh, law enforcement or the, the norm in all like, you know, I think that science only science only seems to speak when they're allowed to speak by those who back them financially. Not only the financial backers, but other scientists and the consensus as well. Right. Yes. I've talked with a lot especially of people that have been shut down by other yeah, people in their field. COVID because they found the quote unquote wrong result. They found the wrong result, yeah. the things that are not allowed. Well, COVID, you see this in climate science a lot. You see this in any of the big areas that are deemed to have a, a foolproof consensus. I, I feel like nine, I feel like as far as climate's concerned, I feel like 97% broadly is pretty, we're not talking about like 60% of like, of, of, the, of, of, of experts in the field agree agree and 40 percent disagree like but even that stat was manipulated over time i don't know i mean the 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 the, the uh um uh, wildfires in europe that have never existed before like in human history i think beg to differ but that's neither here nor there oh, i'm not claiming that there's no evidence whatsoever for climate change just that there is there are studies that have been done there are studies that are attempted to be done that show patterns or or aspects of climate change that go against what people consider to be the the consensus or the norm and that things like that 97 percent stat are tossed around as almost scientific dogma to convince people similar to a lot of the concerns about religion and again not to say that many climate scientists don't agree that climate change is happening or that climate change has a negative impact or you know any of these things that can be true at the same time that the slogan is being used as a dogmatic manipulative approach as well. All that just to say that I think it's important to, to take data and science into consideration with a lot of these things. Um, but I think that 
it's also important to be skeptical and have a grain of salt there as well. I agree with that. In any case, I think we've had a really good conversation. Um, I really enjoyed the discussion. And I think that it obviously it got heated and emotional at times. And people have very wildly different views and beliefs on a lot of this. Um, like many of these topics, we're not going to reach an agreement with one podcast discussion. We're not going to solve these problems, so to speak. The point of the podcast isn't to do that. I mean, my goal is not to change any of your minds. You know, I pushed back on some of you, not because, not necessarily because I disagreed with you, but I think that the value of these conversations is to look more deeply at your own positions and why you hold those positions um, and then be more comfortable talking about them with, with everyone else. And so I think that everyone did that today. And I, you know, it, it's inevitable that when we talk about topics like this, that things may go off the rails here and there. <laughs> um, so that's all right. And I appreciate us being able to pick the train up and put it back on the rails. Um, so thank you all for that and for being able to have this conversation. Um, I'll ask one more time, just because we are still new and there's a couple people here who haven't joined before. Uh, if you don't mind, if you enjoyed the conversation you had tonight, please tell your friends and family about it. Uh, spread the link tree and website link so that we can get some more people in these conversations. The more different perspectives we have, the better, in theory, <laughs> the better these conversations will go and the, the better uh, able to combat our preconceived notions and cognitive biases will be able to be. Um, but that aside, um, I want to turn the floor over to you all one more time and let anyone who wants to have a chance to say what needs saying. So if there's anything that you think we didn't cover tonight that you would like to, that you want to briefly uh, go into, if there's something that maybe we did cover, but didn't quite hit on something that you wanted to talk about while we were here, uh, or if there's something that, you know, we, uh, maybe you want to bring additional attention to whatever it may be. Um, the floor is yours. Uh, take the time to go ahead and say what needs saying. We'll start with uh, Angela. Go ahead. I just wanted to say thank you to everyone. Um, it was a pleasure. I, I listened to this. I joined this. This was special. I actually put it on a calendar so I wouldn't forget it. Um, I, I am always willing to learn and listen to other people. I think that's the only way you ever really grow and, and develop empathy and understanding for other people. And I'm sorry if I'm not exactly the most eloquent speaker, I tend to get a little bit of on the emotional side. Zach knows that about me. I cry at the drop of a hat. Um, but having said that, I, I really did enjoy the conversation this evening. I think that the only way that we can continue in a society where we respect each other is to share ideas and thoughts and actually take the time and listen instead of just running over each other with what we think. Because at that point, nobody really learns anything. It's just frustrating. So again, thank you, everyone. I greatly appreciated your time this evening. Yeah, thanks for joining, Angela. Um, anyone else wanna jump in? Uh, we can do, yeah, okay, Evan? Yep, um, really not much I feel like I need to say. Um, I think that the conversation was very good. I enjoyed myself. Um, I got a chunky piece of content from my YouTube like uh, for in, the, in the coming weeks after Zach is done and reaped his benefits, of course, not to step on any toes. Um, and I've net been I've networked with a couple of folks, and I think I might this may, it was a fun opportunity. But as far as the actual conversation itself, broadly speaking, I think I've we we relatively did cover 
just about everything that I thought was important. Um, there are some things maybe that weren't covered, but it's like, I feel like broadly speaking, um, we didn't really, I feel like despite uh, some of the antagonism over the conversation, um, I think that broadly speaking, um, I can say for at least four of us that I that I think we were just it was less of of like disagreements uh, like disagreements in ideology. I think most of us are relatively on the similar side, all things considered. Maybe not completely I like on what we personally believe, but certainly like just uh, where organized religion bad. And I and I think and I think and I and and I would and I would hope. It, maybe doing a round two on this conversation, maybe bringing in some more fundamentalist people. I don't know, like give 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 the people present on the call a little bit a better opportunity to flex their intellectual chops, if you will. But yeah, I don't really. Have, yeah, I, I thought the conversation was good. I enjoyed myself. I don't have a head a migraine like I do when I normally talk about stressful things, which is a really good sign. There's friends I love going on their podcasts and stuff. I love them. I love supporting them. But by God, I hate talking about certain topics with them because I just want to. I just want to blow my brains out. My head hurts after we're done. No, oh, well, I appreciate that uh, this could be a little different. And I think that you know, like you said, we we may have got there was a little bit of antagonism here or there. There was a little bit of you know. I think, but that was less antagonism and more just like being devil's advocate for the sake of being devil's advocate. Sure. Well, and even the even the 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 rest of it, you know, I think that we one of the other things. So I I said at the beginning pre-recording, and I say this each episode or something similar to it for everyone listening that that wasn't able to hear it before. There's a reason that I emphasize that this this platform is meant to be a compromise between free speech and civil discourse because I think that it's it's really I I really don't believe that either one in itself is really productive for a conversation about these types of things. Civil discourse more so than free speech because free speech can go off the rails much more easily if people are very like really dive into the uncivil and, and you know, whatnot. But I think outside of that, you know, there are emotions tied to these issues. There are very strong feelings and, and, and language that comes with that. And, you know, it's, I think, impossible to freeze. The difference between free speech and civil discourse is how is, is how acceptable saying fuck you to someone is. And well, and you, you have to let that come out a little bit. I think, I think that if you have too structured and too, you know, overly focused on entirely civil discourse and any, anything that goes against that, you're immediately out of the conversation or you're immediately, I, I think that's an unrealistic standard to hold ourselves to. And, and let's be real, those debates are really boring to watch. All right, well, on that note, uh, Daniel or host of It's Views from the Arch, do either of you wanna jump in? Anything left to say? Uh, yeah, no, uh, no harm, no foul, not angry at anybody. Didn't mean to make anyone angry if, if that's what I did, but I was just, uh, I was just saying what I needed to say, that's all. I, that's all I was trying to do. And but you know, if you brought me here to stand up and say what I need to say, that's what I'm going to do. And whether you like it or not, whether you think it's the truth or not, I'm still going to do it, as all of us should be able to do. Uh, I agreed with a lot of points that Evan said. I agreed with a lot of points that Angela said. 
uh, the arch guy, not so much. Everything was the science and religion there. And if he, he's so against religion, but sure does believe in the Bible. But that's up to him because that's his choice to do it. So, uh, but I enjoyed the conversation. Uh, I like listening to all points because when we're learning things, that means it's something good. Uh, but if we just close ourselves off to everything else out in the world, we only believe that what we believe is the truth, then, you know, that's basically saying what religion is trying to tell us to do. They want us to believe one particular way. And, and it, there's not that because we're all different people. We all have a different feelings. We all perceive the world differently. We all have different uh, perception of the world and 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 our and just our own well-being. So, but I was glad to be here. I was glad to listen to everybody. We all have opinions, you know, and and as we all know, opinions are like assholes. Everyone has one, but uh, but uh, we we do have the right to voice our opinions, and and I think this is a is a great platform to do that. And and I and I thank you for the opportunity for allowing me to come here on this platform and uh, and have this discussion with everyone else. I really did enjoy myself, and and uh, I I liked what everyone said, and I, and I'm glad you 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 felt the passion. And and to have faith in yourself enough to say it, because a lot of people don't. They just sit quiet the rest of their lives, and that's that's a shame, you know. They should really get out there and say something. So, I'll be glad to be here, and, and thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, I was going to say thanks for having me here. It's been a great conversation. I'm going to clarify: I do not believe in the Bible, um, <laughs> but it has been a good conversation. Um, I definitely know that I can come off pretty strong, especially on this topic. I was hesitant to, to take this particular panel. Um, I, I think the only thing I would leave people with is um, to do your best to try to find the, the truth of what you are doing or what you're reading. Um, you know, take things in their entirety, take things, um, you know, dig, dig into things. Don't, don't just believe what somebody is telling you. Um, but but overall, you know, just always try to be truthful and honest with yourself about why you're uh, doing something and also with about what you are doing. Um, that is kind of what I usually boil things down to is as long as you're acting in honesty or you believe you are, we can always have a decent and civil conversation. But no, uh, thanks. It's been a great podcast. I've definitely uh, been able to, to link to, um, you know, to make connections and it's been good. So I, I look, as usual, say what he's saying. I look forward to the next panel you got. I'm sure I'll be here. But uh, no, thank you for having me. It's been great. Is it okay if I say one more thing? Uh, I always try to tell people, don't judge other people. Before you judge someone else, take a self-inventory of yourself and think about all the crap you've been through in your entire life. And then look at that other person and think, you know what? They've probably been through some crap too. Then bite your tongue and walk away because we don't have the right to judge each other. Sure. And to end on a religion note, since this conversation with was uh, faith versus religion, I mean, pretty much most religions will echo some parallel to that sentiment, right? Let he without sin cast the first stone and all of that. And so I think it's a worthy message to end on and one that hopefully, uh, re regardless of people's religion, hopefully can bring people together at least a little bit more. So in any case, thank you all for joining. Um, hopefully this conversation was valuable in some way for you. Take care. We'll call it a night there. Thanks. There's just a deliberate effort to block the kind of findings that I've published. And I'm not the only one that's being blocked. 
this type of authoritarian or tyrannical behavior can't just go away without people noticing. They don't like what you're saying, and therefore they're going to silence you. Peer review has really broken down. If there is no spirit of liberty, as Learned Hand once said, behind the law, the parchment is never going to survive. If they express their views, they may find themselves not getting a degree or unwelcome in their classes. The reason he took his own life was because of this cancel culture campaign. Where parents are saying, no, my kid's not putting this on their face. Through that, they've been led to, well, listen, why are you guys teaching critical theory? The science upon which these regulations are based is wrong. If we lose free speech, we are done for. Academia Uncensored, the Save It Insane podcast.